0: John chapter 14, as you know if you've been here, uh, we've been teaching a series of lessons on the Holy Spirit, the person work of the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit to us and through us. And so more recently we've been talking about uh, the Holy Spirit, our teacher. We looked at that extensively. We've talked about the Holy Spirit, our guide, and how the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us. And today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit who is our comforter. The Holy Spirit comforts us in our trouble. In whatever we face in life, the Holy Spirit is a present help. And he's there to help us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. So that we may boldly say, according to Hebrews, the Lord is my what, helper. And I will not fear what man shall do unto me. I'm going to look uh, today, beginning with John chapter 14 and verse 1. The setting here is Jesus is actually setting up his disciples or preparing them for the future, and the future actually is that Jesus is going to die. Jesus is going to be buried. He's going to be raised again, and so in the disciples' minds, they're thinking he's going to set up his kingdom. They're going to be a part of it, and they're going to be rulers in his kingdom, but Jesus is giving them a different perspective. He's helping them to see and preparing them uh, for his death and his departure. And also his return or his coming. And so in this particular uh, passage in John chapter 14, because Jesus is going to leave, you know, they've left their livelihood. They've left their businesses. They've left uh, everything uh, in order to follow Jesus. And so... Uh, you know, now Jesus is going to die. Remember when Jesus was talking about his death, his crucifixion, and Peter actually rebuked Jesus. Well, then Jesus rebuked him. And he said, Get thee behind me, Satan. You savor not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. So Peter's thinking naturally, and as uh, people often do, uh, including uh, most people, uh, can think naturally. But we know from Scripture and 2 Corinthians that the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, neither can he know them, because they're spiritually discerned. So revelation is different from uh, just information. I said revelation is different from just information. You could receive information and uh, think you know something, but revelation is knowledge that comes by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit opens your eyes, your ears, your understanding, And your heart and grant you eyes to see, spiritual ears to hear, and knowledge as a result. And so, revelation knowledge is really what we need in life. And so, in this case, Jesus, in preparing them for his death and his departure. And so, he's saying, beginning in verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. In our world, your heart could easily be troubled if you're listening too much to people uh, and to uh, perhaps even the news media or perhaps uh, people's perspective of the world and life. And and, uh, So Jesus says, in the middle of this world, don't let your heart be troubled. He said, why you uh, shouldn't let your heart be troubled is because you believe in God. He said, believe also in me. Uh, Don't let the world trouble you. Doesn't mean you're never going to face trouble. It simply means you don't have to feel like uh, you're troubled. Or you are lacking in peace and lacking in assurance and confidence. uh, Because you believe in God, believe also in me. He says, in my Father's house are many mansions. Remember, I'm saying He's preparing them his departure. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. So Jesus said, if it were not so, I would have told you. In other words, I am telling you, so it is so. And what I'm telling you is true. And if it were not true, I would let you know. But The reality is, A lot of times we're living by natural truth and natural reality and that's our world of existence as the way people live their lives so much is they live only by what they see naturally and what they view naturally, what they feel naturally, what they experience naturally when God wants us to live from a, uh, a spiritual perspective. He wants us to live with a view of something beyond the natural. Beyond what you see and beyond what you feel and beyond what uh, you uh, think is real, thank God there is another reality. There is a spiritual dimension. There is a spiritual reality. And Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And then he said, I go to prepare a place for you. So heaven is a real place. And I believe there are real mansions. A real place with real mansions, with a real Jesus, with a real father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Jesus lights the city. And he, thank God, has lit up our life. And so Jesus living on the inside of us, because we believe in God and believe also in him, we have faith in Jesus, faith in God, we have hope in our hearts that there is an eternal place called heaven. And heaven being a real place, he said, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. So he not only promises that he's preparing a place for us, but he also promises his return for us. He said, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. So we need to live with more than a perspective of, you know, saving up for our retirement. Preparing for our future death in other words certainly i am not saying that you shouldn't prepare for your retirement you should prepare for for your future but your future involves eternity it involves more than just your natural life down here certainly you should prepare for your future and be ready for your retirement or whatever uh life that you have in this earth james says life is like a vapor It appears for a little time, and then it vanishes away. And even if you live a long life, it's still short in comparison with eternity. If you consider eternity and how long eternity is, in other words, eternity is never-ending. In in fact, it is actually not managed by time. It is not considered in the element of time. You can't even measure it with time. Eternity is forever. Forever. And so, God is eternal in nature. God is an eternal being. Jesus is an eternal God. Amen. The Holy Spirit is eternal. And heaven is eternal. Hallelujah to Jesus. The presence of God is eternal. And some would might question you and say, well, you know, God says he's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. In other words, when the other one is dissolved, there's a new one. In other words, there is no end. There's no end to eternity in the presence of God, and so I'm living for more than just here and now. I'm living more for more than just my retirement. I'm living more for more than, I don't really know that I am going to retire, but uh, I'm going to live my life out. Amen. I'm going to live a long life unless Jesus comes before our death, but it's appointed and a man wants to die, and everybody's going to die. If you didn't know you had that appointment, it will happen. So everyone must be prepared for that appointment. Death is going to happen unless Jesus comes before you die. And in that moment, in the moment of a twinkling of an eye, you're going to be changed. You're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And that is a reality for those who believe in God and believe also in Jesus. Those who put their faith in Jesus Christ for salvation, they have this thing called in the scripture eternal life. Hallelujah. Eternal life is not what you just get when you go to heaven. It's what you get when you believe on Jesus. But it is an eternal life that will last forever. So it will cause you to transfer from this place to that place called heaven. Or transition from this place in the earth to that place called heaven shedding your body here but going there in your spirit, your soul ascending into heaven in the presence of God and you'll live with Jesus forever. And I trust that's your goal in life that you would spend your eternity in the presence of God. The option is not uh, really something you want to choose. And so heaven and hell is before everyone. What are you going to do? What are you going to choose? The Bible says in Deuteronomy, I've set before you life and death. And then he gives you the answer, A and B, life and death. Choose A, life. That's what he said. I've set before you life and death. Choose life that you and your seed may live. So then we have a choice. Certainly we do. We have a choice whether we're going to spend eternity in heaven or in hell. But thank God we can make our choice clear and say, Jesus, I believe in you. And by doing so and believing in Jesus, you have an eternity in the presence of God in heaven itself. And heaven is real. And heaven is for real, not just for the little boy that died, but it's for you and I. It's for anybody who believes on Jesus. And so Jesus Christ is Lord of your life, and so therefore you have an expectation of eternity in heaven. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. So it's a real place. There are many mansions in heaven, and I got one for you. I'm preparing a place for you in heaven. He said, I'm coming again, and I'm going to receive you unto myself. For anybody who believes on Jesus, if they die before Jesus comes, then they'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, according to 1 Thessalonians. They'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And if you didn't die and Jesus comes, you'll be changed in a moment. And you'll get a new body. It's a great weight loss program. You'll get a new body. Praise the Lord. No more nipping and tucking and stretching and pumping it up and doing stuff trying to make it work. Look your best. God will make you the best you could be. Hallelujah. So then you'll get a new body. He says, fashion like unto Jesus, glorified body. So it's a resurrected body in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, will be changed. Hallelujah. This mortality will take on immortality. This corruptible will take on incorruption. I mean, in the moment, you are going to be changed. You know, death has lost its sting, according to Corinthians, right? Death has lost its victory. No more victory in death. In other words, you have victory even when you die. (laughs) Brother Hagin said it this way. He said, no one that goes to heaven wants to come back. No one gets up there and says, I don't like this place. I want to go to hell. No. (laughs) Nobody goes to heaven and wants to come back to even earth, much less hell. Heaven is a real place. It's a grand place, a wonderful place. You know, I grew up in church and around church, and so there was a lot of preaching about heaven. You know, we don't hear as much about heaven today. We need to hear about heaven. You know, a lot of people don't go there because they don't know there is one. So they need to know there is a heaven. Brother Hagin used to say, there's a heaven to gain, a hell to shun. I mean, you know, if you realize how good and how grand and how wonderful God is and how good and how grand and how wonderful Jesus is, how good and how grand heaven itself is going to be, why wouldn't you want to go there? Just a few minutes ago, right in the middle of that video, a Destiny was cut short. That's her name. She was announcing Destiny was cut short. She was just cut off with her mouth open. What a way to catch you. So she just cut off right there. And she was announcing about a happy place. This wasn't planned, but I'll just make it part of my sermon. So she was cut off announcing the happy place. Down at the MGM, there's a happy place. But she was cut off. You know That's the way as some people they got their plans, they got their thing that they're going to do on Friday or on, uh, on Monday or on one day of the week, there, or this certain time of day, and uh, life is just going to be cut. Right. Jesus is going to come. Amen. Hallelujah. And we're all getting to go, going to go to this place called heaven. We call it the happy place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody down here can taste some of the happy place up there. In other words, you can have some of heaven on earth. The scripture says it this way, days of heaven on earth. In other words, you can taste some of heaven right here and right now. But I tell you what. It's not going to be like the real deal. In other words, there is an eternity where we're going to taste of it down here, but it's just a taste. Wow. It's just an appetizer to the eternity and the presence of God and heaven itself. You can have some of heaven down here, but it's not like living up there forever and eternity in the presence of God, enjoying His presence. I mean, fellowship with God here in the earth is amazing. And I love fellowship with Jesus. And my mom mom was a great example of just loving Jesus every day of her life. She said, if you will just get in the presence of God every day of your life, you'll never backslide. (laughs) Where would you want to go? Where would you want to slide back to? Remember Jesus, he was uh, with his disciples and And one day, Jesus said, because he was talking about eating his flesh, drinking his blood, and some of the people, they just started backing away from him. You know, they didn't even turn around. They just won't. And so, Jesus said to his disciples, will you go away also? Peter, as he often did, spoke up. Where would we go? You're the only one that has the words of eternal life. You know, sometimes people, they, they think this world, this is so attracting, it's, it's just something that distracts, you know. It's a lot of, lot of stuff. You know, I was just on an airplane just this week, uh, just went to see my wife's appearance for a few days, flew on Christmas Eve, and all went well. Thank God, that's a blessing. You fly on Christmas Eve, and all is well, and everything's on time. That's a blessing of the Lord. So everything went well, and then we flew back, missed the snow. Jesus is Lord. All is well. But you know, on the airplane generally, you know, uh, going, I I did some sleeping because we didn't have much sleep the night before, so I slept a little bit on the plane. But on the way back, I was reading and uh, studying a little bit, considering what I might teach or preach. And so, while I'm doing that, every time you look up, everywhere you look. You know, in the back of the seat, there's a video. You know, I turn mine off if I want to pay attention to what I'm doing. So I turn it off, you know. But you look at this seat. It's got a a movie on that seat. You look, they got a movie on the screen there. And then they got a phone in the hand with another movie. It's like multitasking. (laughs) And so they got another movie in their hand. They got an iPad. People have iPads on their table. I mean, it's just entertainment to The hilt, you understand. Stuff, information coming. uh, Entertainment. And and people fill their minds with everything but eternity. Fill their minds. And I'm not saying it's not good to be entertained. My wife, she's in the flesh. She was watching a movie. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, So... So anyway, you got these movies everywhere. She was watch, watching a good movie, Lion King. Praise the Lord. I'm glad you do. You can watch it tonight after church. All right, so so here we are. You look around. There's entertainment, information, images, all kinds of stuff coming to people's minds. But in the light of eternity, most of that is not going to matter at all. So, what we fill our minds, our lives with, the business of our lives, and all the stuff that we uh, we perhaps maybe enjoy, maybe it's good, and maybe it's not so good. Some cases it is; sometimes it's not. But whatever we fill our lives with, please, please don't forget: there's something more than just what you see in this realm and in this. And most of that stuff is not even real anyway. It's pretty cool what they make those animals do, but those animals really weren't there. It's all computerized. So, a lot of this stuff is so unreal. And a lot of stuff around us is really so unreal when we need to be thinking of something beyond here and beyond now. And we need to invest our lives in eternity. That means we are investing our lives in our spiritual life. We're investing our lives in others. We're investing our lives. Thankfully, at Christmas, sometimes we'll spend time with our families. We'll spend time with people that uh, we care about and we should do that. And and yet, sometimes then we forget all about that after Christmas or after the holidays. When really the most valuable thing you have in your life is your relationship with God and relationship with people. Because the only thing you're going to take with he- to heaven with you is people. I mean, you're not like, uh, Jesus, hold up. I got a lot of stuff. Well, I don't want anything holding me down. He said you're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So you don't want any baggage keeping you here. You don't want to be uh, like it says, rem- uh, it's a short verse in the Bible, remember Lot's wife. There ain't no looking back when you go to heaven. Uh, You know, if Jesus comes, you're not. Ah, I don't want to be longing for anything in this world. Remember Lot's wife. Pretty sobering, isn't it? She's coming out of Sodom. She's coming out with her family. She's coming out, delivered. But she longed for what she had. There was something in her that wanted to look back. And I don't want any looking back in me. you got to have your sight set on Jesus. I mean, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the what? Finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the what? Finisher of our faith. And so if you look at that particular passage, Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith, it says before that, Uh, That There is such a great cloud of witnesses in heaven, and that great cloud of witnesses are up there watching. And and, you know, they want you to do well, but uh, they're really not thinking about uh, that you got a new car. Uh, I'm certainly not discouraging you from getting one. And I believe God wants to bless you with a new car. But in heaven, they're not thinking about your new car. In this, all these gadgets, all, all this technology stuff. You know, I got all this technology on my truck. I don't know yet. I don't know what it is. I haven't figured it out. It takes time. You got to figure it out. You got to learn about it. Learn it. Oh, praise the Lord. Maybe I will get to it. Some of it, maybe not. But it's not going to matter to Jesus in eternity. It's not going to matter to, uh, you know, when, when I go to heaven so I wish I'd have figured that out. What somebody's latest post is on Facebook, on Twitter, come on, it, not, Jesus going to say, now what was that last tweet? No, Jesus is not going to really be concerned with that. You know, some of the mess that is tweeted, you don't need to be concerned with either just slows your life down. It just slows you down, hinders you from running your race. Well, in that particular passage, it's talking about there's a great cloud of witnesses, and they're cheering us on. And what they're concerned about is your spiritual life, your relationship with God, and your obedience to Jesus. And serving Him, obeying Him, loving Him, worshiping Him, giving to support His kingdom purpose. You know, he's... Uh, Eternity is really what matters when you consider all things. So I I remember my mom, you know, we were talking about heaven a little bit. You know, before she went to heaven, she went to heaven in '93. I I, I knew, I knew she was going soon. And, you know, naturally healthy, she was healthy, but I knew she was going to heaven soon. And I, I processed, I did some grieving. I remember sitting in my study one day and the presence of God just came in my room and I wept and the Holy Spirit helped me to process my mom going to heaven what what was he doing here he was preparing them I'm leaving you guys I'm leaving I'm going I'm going to heaven but I'm coming back and I'm going to get you and I'm going to take you with me and you're going to be with me forever so I'm processing that in my life. And and my mom, you know, my dad died when I was uh, eight years old and and didn't have a father around, you know. My mom, she took care of us. So it was a big deal lose your mom. So I'm I'm letting go. But I remember when they called me on the phone. She was in North Carolina. She was in the hospital, took her to the hospital. And uh, we're praying and we're singing. We're worshiping God. Pastor Mark and Trina Hankins were with us at the time. We just uh, spent about an hour and a half or so. I I didn't clock it or time it. But we just prayed in the Spirit, and we sang, and we worshiped God. And I coached my mom, and I said, you can go. It's okay. You can go to heaven. I'm coaching her to heaven. You know, people have to leave, you know? And so sometimes they need a little help. And so at a certain point, I knew we're done over. Now, I didn't know naturally I couldn't see her, but the moment I knew we were done, she She went. She was gone. She left. She left her body, slipped out of her body. She was in no more pain, no more suffering. Just went right into heaven, into the presence of God. She had lived her life to worship Jesus, to love God, to serve Him, to please Him, and now she went to get her reward in heaven. Hallelujah. Heaven is a real place. So we're processing in prayer, you know, and just worshiping God. And The presence of God's in the room. And she just went right from this presence of God here to that presence of God there. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord, he is good. Taste and see that he is good. The Lord is good. You know, when you've tasted his goodness down here, you don't want to go to hell. You want to go to heaven. Again, I said earlier, my mother said, my mother said, you know, sometimes you need to listen to what your mother said. Your daddy said. If they had a godly perspective especially. She said, if you'll get in the presence of God every day, you'll never backslide. You never go away from God. Why would you want to leave Jesus, leave the presence of God? He has the words of eternal life, and the presence of God is the sweetest and the most wonderful place to dwell. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In him will I trust. I mean, living in and dwelling in the presence of God in your life. But There are a lot of distractions. A lot of stuff that will pull on your soul. A lot of stuff that will pull on your flesh. Well, you have to resist that. You have to learn how to resist it. Keep your spirit strong. Keep your relationship with Jesus strong. Maintain a fellowship with God, a fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And if you maintain a fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you don't want to sin. I'm preaching better than you, amen, and I said if you maintain a fellowship with Jesus, a communion with the Holy Spirit, you don't want to sin. You don't want to live in sin. You don't want to let sin control your life. You don't want to let those things that try to pull on your flesh dominate you. No one is exempt from temptation, but anyone can resist temptation. Hallelujah. There is no temptation but such as is common to man. But God provides or makes a way of escape. There's always a way out of the situation or the circumstance or the temptation. Listen, you don't have to live letting this world control your life. Now some may be wondering, when are we going to get to that comfort part? Well, Jesus, listen, He's preparing them. He's telling them, I'm leaving. You know, sometimes people lose loved ones, people that are dear to them. They're gone. But you have to let them go in your own heart and in your own mind. You have to let go so that you can then live your life from there. What does it say in verse 4? Whither I go you know, and the way you know, and Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father, but by me there's only one way to the Father, and that's through Jesus. Jesus made it simple, made it plain, and I know in the new uh, society we live in that, uh, you know, people want to say, well, it's this way or that way, it's another way, and it's you know, it's not, not anything new. It's been around a long time. But a lot of times people just think, well, we just want to say you can get there any way you want to go. <clears throat> that's like saying you can get to Hawaii on I-15. Right. <laughs> you might create bubbles for a little bit, but you're not getting to Hawaii on I-15. Right? No, there's one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You can get to heaven through Jesus. He said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And notice he didn't say, I'm a way, I am a truth. I am a life. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So it's absolute, hands down. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except, except through Jesus Christ. So in his preparation for them, getting them ready, I'm leaving, but I'm coming back. You can be with me. And the way you get there, what? Don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. If it were not so, he said, I would have told you. In other words, I have told you this is the way it is. There is one way to God. There's one way to heaven. And there is a place, and I'm preparing it for you, and I'm coming back for you, and I'm coming again. Be ready. Because when I come, you don't get to go back to the house. I forgot something. No, you don't. You don't get a favorite thing, you know. Favorite thing, you got to take it with you. No, you let go of everything. So you need to live free already. I mean, in other words, don't let stuff hold you. Don't let stuff, things bind you. Don't let anything hinder you from serving Jesus. Why? Because when Jesus comes... You don't get to hold on to any of it, you know, U-Hauls, no rider truck, no Mayflower, no delivery, nothing. Amazon's not going to get to heaven. I mean, just. All right. I mean, you got Prime, man. You, it, it come tomorrow. Come on. There ain't no second loads on the. Uh, All right. No second loads. You know, Jesus doesn't come and say, oh, who wants to go this time? And you got time to prepare for the next load, next bus ride, next plane ride. No, it's one load going up. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, in a moment, you'll be changed. You'll be caught up to meet the Lord of the air. So you don't have time to just, uh, well, maybe, you know, I, 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 I. Ain't no stutter, nothing. You don't, nothing. No repack, no rearrangement, nothing. There's no like, no, Jesus, wait a minute, let me get rid of this, Jesus. Well, you don't get to do that. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, you'd be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So we'll go down to verse 16. So Jesus is leaving, so he says, I pray, and I'll pray the Father that he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. I pray that the Father would give you another comforter, that he may live with you, abide with you forever. And he's another comforter, and actually, which means there's another one like Jesus. So Jesus is the comforter. So he'll give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. In other words, I'm leaving, but the Holy Spirit's staying. He's going to be with you. He's going to be in you. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. Why? Because you know him. There's spiritual discernment here. There's spiritual understanding, revelation So the world can't see him, doesn't know him. He said, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you, and he shall be in you. So I'm going to take it to the next level. He's not going to just dwell with you. He's going to dwell in you. The Holy Spirit is going to dwell in you. And the Holy Spirit is another comforter. Praise God. And I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. The Holy Spirit comes to us, and he is our comforter. And so, you know, when when Jesus left through his death, and he left, you know, they're planning something different. Peter said, I'm going fishing. That's what he said. I mean, one day he's a disciple of Jesus. Jesus dies on him. He said, I'm going fishing. Uh, Peter, hey, Peter, there's a resurrection. There's an ascension. There's a preparation. There's a coming again. In other words, that's not the end. It is the end of your fishing career. Jesus very patient with him. You know, Jesus shows up on shore. He's cooking fish. <laughs> he said, you guys have been toiling all night. Just cast a net on the other side. Take a whole boatload of fish. Bring them in we'll cook fish and eat. That's, that's mercy. You know, that's what Jesus did. I mean, after his resurrection, his glorified body, he sits down and eats fish with them. You know, we're going to eat with him. There is a marriage supper of the Lamb. We're going to eat with Jesus. Wow. You're talking about celebration. You thought you ate good for Christmas. Man. All right. Think about eating with Jesus in heaven. And so here, Jesus says the Holy Spirit will comfort you. He'll be with you and he'll be with you forever and never leave you. He's always there. The Holy Spirit is our present help. So the word uh, there, comforter, is paracletos in it, means intercessor, consoler, advocate, comforter. I looked up comfort in Webster, it says to give strength and hope to, cheer. In other words, cheer up. If you've lost someone to death, cheer up. There's hope. Live your life from here. Right? If you've lost something or a relationship, oh, come on. You can hope again. Cheer up. God strengthens you for your future. Live your life and live it well and finish your course and run it well. And then it says, to ease the grief or trouble of. To console, to ease the grief or trouble of. Doesn't mean we don't sorrow, but we just don't sorrow like the world does. Doesn't mean that we don't grieve over our losses, but uh, we don't stay there. We don't live there for the rest of our life. We get up again. We live again. We, uh, We love again. We believe again. We trust again. If people have heard us in our past, thank God you can still live life again. All right, all right. If somebody has died, you just know there is a resurrection. Hallelujah. There is a day when the trumpet shall sound in First Thessalonians chapter 4. Said the trumpet's gonna sound, and those that were have all fallen asleep, he said they're going to rise. And those that remain, they're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. In other words, if you're still alive, you're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So the Holy Spirit then will comfort you with the word of God. Heaven is real. Your loved ones have gone on. They're cheering you on from heaven, from the grandstands of heaven. Live your life and do it. And do it in obedience to Jesus. Serve God and serve him like you live love him hallelujah serve him like you want to live your eternity in his presence and you want to hear those words well done good and faithful servant you've served God and I'll tell you there's no sweeter words that you want to ever hear well done A good and faithful servant that you've done the will of God you've served the will of God it says of David he served his generation according to the will of God if you serve your generation according to the will of God you finish your race you finish your course you did what Jesus said for you to do you obeyed his voice and you went into eternity slipped out of your body and you went into eternity rejoicing in his presence hallelujah Or if Jesus came before you died, you were caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and you had joy in the presence of God for all eternity. Hallelujah. Cannot be measured by time. Cannot be measured in one way because it is eternal, and only your spirit can comprehend. Your mind cannot comprehend eternity. Your mind goes tilt. But your spirit rejoices. Hallelujah. Because this is real. Heaven is real. Jesus is real. God the Father is real. Holy Spirit, the Comforter is real. No matter what your past has been, you're going forward. No matter what your trouble in your past has been, you're moving forward. Hallelujah to Jesus. No matter what your losses, thank God heaven is a gain. No matter what your pain, God can restore. And heal and make you whole again I'm not living in the past I'm living in the present and I'm living with faith for the future and hope for the future God has a good plan from here yesterday is gone I said yesterday is gone praise God if somebody went to heaven they're already gone amen you just need to live your life so that you're ready to go when he shows up when he says He makes this shout, and the trumpet sounds. You need to be ready, Uh, just ready. Bags are already packed. Just me, me and Jesus going up. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't have to go to the house. Don't have to run back for anything. Don't have to do anything. Don't have to shed anything. All I have to do is be caught up, changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Hallelujah. What a wonderful hope that we have in God. And in Christ, uh, great hope that we have for our future. Heaven is real, and that's where we're going to spend our eternity. With all of the craziness of this world, all the attractions of this world, I trust that you can see beyond it all. There's something in eternity that is standing above it all that is greater than all. God is greater than all. And keep your faith and keep your eyes and keep your trust and keep your confidence and your assurance in Jesus alone for your salvation this world is empty without God this world is empty without Jesus but you don't have to live an empty life and live an empty eternity you can live a full life in Christ the fullness of life in him and a full life in eternity with him hallelujah the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you and I believe he helps you to hear what I'm saying to you. And I believe he helps you to see what I'm saying. Because the Holy Spirit helps us in our perception to become clear and our focus to become clear. To see Jesus for who he is. See this world for what it is. And understand there's a better life to live and there's a way to live it for Jesus. There's an eternity in front of us and we're going to spend our eternity with him.